I'm Matt Bronger. This might help. I am not a doctor. This might help. I'm not a professional. Let's have fun. This honestly is a good time. I'm Matt Bronger. This might help the podcast. Hey, welcome to another edition of This Might Help with Matt Bronger, the advice podcast that's entirely bullshit. Uh, I cannot stress this enough. If you actually need clinical help, this is not the podcast for you, but it is fun. And like I said, it might help. I've said this a lot. It's just like someone giving you, say, a tab of acid or, um, you know, uh, uh, a jacket against weather that might or might not be brisk because you might be too high to tell from inside the party. Hey, this might help. That's basically what it comes down to, but it's for fun. And I have fun doing it. Thanks so much uh, to the Mighties and thanks to all the people that are calling in. I know it's a weird time. I do have a theory that the, the holidays were created because it's the darkest and coldest time of the year and they wanted villagers to stop murdering themselves. It's a dark theory, but like I said, it's a dark time of the year. And like I've always said, I like excuses, you know, to get together. You know, Thanksgiving is a, a hell of a weird one, but I do enjoy Thanksgiving, you know. Um, anyway, so enjoy the holidays and have fun with them. This time on the show, I have a guest who I don't know, which I always enjoy because I love having uh, people on. Uh, that I haven't shared a word with, that I get to know, who are often uh, cool creatives, just like in this case. She comes highly recommended. Uh, she has a movie coming out that she stars in called The End of Us. She's also a writer and producer on the uh, acclaimed uh, Emmy-winning show, um, The Morning Show. And please welcome Allie, or excuse me, yes, right, Allie, right? Yeah. See, that's how much I don't know you. Excuse me. <laughs> Ali Vigiano. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. I oh, we don't funny. we've never spoken, so I'm excited to get to know you too. Never. And we a hundred percent have mutual friends. We have to. Like there's no yes, way. Yes. Definitely. Okay. Like I was looking at your Instagram and I was like, oh, well, we have a lot of people in common. Okay. Okay. Um but because of the spelling of my name, it is often people think my name is Ali. Like, especially over email, I uh, often was assumed to be a man, and I right. And I and I do identify as a woman named Allie. Sure, okay, <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's the spelling of your of your name. I mean, I had I had John Ross uh, Bowie on last week, and his his name is spelled like Bowie, and everyone calls him Bowie, and he's like, that's not how you say my name. And I all my life, for some reason, people have always given me a, a soft G, like Bronzer, which isn't how you say it. Say it with a hard G. I don't know why, or they switch the the G and the N. They call me Brogner for no reason. People spell it that way. It's the weirdest thing. It's 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 almost like a, um, a accidental kind of dyslexia that happens to people with just with those two letters. So yeah, I identify. totally mm -hmm. that happens to me too. They just like their brain just makes up a word that they want it to be, even though it does not resemble yes. <laughs> the actual phonetic <laughs> sound yeah. of the name at all. Yep. Correct. Correct. Are you ba are you based out of LA? I'm based in LA. Mm -hmm. I am from New York and I spent some time in New York. Like when I was coming up, I did like UCB in New York and mm -hmm. I was there for four years and then I moved out to LA and now I'm a little by, I, I do go back to New York. Like, pretty frequently just because my family's there and I love it, but I am a hundred percent now based in LA. Okay. Where uh, in New York is your family? Where, like, where'd you grow up? I grew up in a town called Hastings on Hudson, which is in like Southern Westchester by Yonkers and yeah. like, North, North of the Bronx. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I went which to is now in, sorry. I went to school and purchase. So I'm oh. pretty familiar with the area. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A lot of people from my school went to like SUNY Purchase for college. And um, it's now like a very trendy town. Like the New Yorker wrote, or the New York Times wrote like a piece about Hastings. And then like a lot of like cute Brooklyn families are moving up. But when I was growing up, it was not like that. Holy shit. Like we have the same kind of origin story because I grew up in Portland, Oregon, which was, mm -hmm. you know, the, 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 it was like Seattle's boring brother or sister you know it was just like that when i was a kid we were like i heard cool stuff's happening in seattle right now like that's how my whole childhood like seattle did everything first and it was kind of like we you know it was the it was like 
I guess, the coolest town in Oregon. But really, what did that mean at the time? You know, and right. now it's just, it's been hipster explosion for the past 20 years. So that's, that's funny. It's like the place to be. I'm dying to go to Portland. I've heard like the food is amazing. I keep on hearing incredible things. Do you feel, because sometimes I get like a little defensive of my town. I'm like, sure. all these people moving in and like, they don't know what it's really like. Do you feel that way about Portland? Or are you like proud of the progress it's made to become this like, you know, hipster haven? When I was a kid, there was there were like jokes about like, uh, you know, an Oregonian and a Californian are at a campfire and there's, and a, and a, someone else, like I'd say a New Yorker is there and they're like drinking beers and like the Oregonian throws, like the New Yorker throw, well, I bet you can't do this, throws a beer in the air and like shoots it out of the air. And the Oregonian's like, watch this, throws it and shoots the Californian. And he goes, why'd you do that? And he goes, well, cause that's worth, uh, th that's worth 10 cents. You know, like that's a joke, like a cow that we hate them so much. Wow. They come up and, but it's like, it was this weird, like now, like it's flipped so much that like, I never really had that hatred. My big thing is, you know, like most people, international corporate conglomerates that just buy up city blocks and then rent like the country to its citizens. It's like, this is so gross. Like that's the thing that bugs me so much more than, oh, someone's wealthy and they want, they, they're sick of LA and they want to raise their kid near Willamette River. I don't give a shit. You know what I mean? Like that's 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 flown the coop. It's so much worse now. Like it's so beyond, you know, that and the whole thing of anytime when I'm touring, people are like, so what do you, all those riots in Portland? I'm like, it was four city blocks. And by the end, some maniacs set some stuff on fire and that's terrible, but stop watching Fox News. My parents were at the protests across town in front of the Joan of Arc statue, like where it's so safe, like they they had their own elderly person protest in parts of the, the city. It's like none of that made the news, you know. Like of course, of not course not. Point. Yeah. No, I mean the whole, the media portrayal of the protests and riots in summer of 2020 are like a whole other thing. Like they're 100%. so deeply fucked. Like mm -hmm. I was at protests too in LA that were not violent or not mm -hmm. violent until cops started violence. Like. Right. In, completely like awful the way the media just like gleamed onto every single piece of violence and like shaped it to seem like protesters were like out there to start something which was yeah. not the case well um, you let that brings me to a point like you worked on uh jordan klepper's show too right yeah you're yeah. a producer on that and then you're on the on the morning show so you had like this kind of you know, through it through a satirical lens, both in a, you know, very, very, very meta style with Jordan's show and then with, uh, you know, I guess you'd call it more of a narrative with, uh, you know, the the morning uh, um, show I had a, when I had John Ross Bo Bo Bowie on, I was like, we were talking about how I was saying how when people because you listen to calls in a, in a minute, uh, when women call in, they're like, okay, I know I'm rambling. And it's been like, 30 seconds, you know, but dudes will go on for minutes and minutes and minutes. And maybe by that fourth minute, they'll be like, oh yeah, I should probably get to the point or whatever. And then makes up, but it's just like societal. And I brought up that time Matt Lauer was interviewing Hillary Clinton and he was like, your response as briefly as possible. <laughs> he, he would never say it to a man. They were not pressed for time. And there was one of those things I was like, wait, I think Matt Lauer might be a piece of shit. Uh, so like, let's let's get into that specifically like things you've seen just anything from from your perspective not necessarily from the sexist point of view but just any what does that bring out in your mind i was just thinking about that with you well that story brought out to me the first time i realized matt lauer was a piece of shit, which is when he interviewed Anne hathaway and he was like "Ooh, you had like because she had some sort of like dress malfunction where like she flashed oh. her like private and mm -hmm. wasn't wearing underwear. And he was like, she was on his show to talk about Les Mis where she was like nominated for an Oscar, like doing a huge like award campaign. And he was like, so like you had a, like, you like showed everybody your cooch or like something like the worst phrasing. And she was like, this is a really interesting story about the like unwanted commodification of female sexuality as presented in Les Mis. And I was like, you know what, Anne Hathaway, you got a lot of shit, but I love you now. Yeah, and, <laughs> that's and Matt Lauer, go fuck yourself. 
Yeah, and, and Matt, Anne Hathaway was one of those people, like, I just felt like she was so on the one all the time and such, like, a sharpshooter. And it's hard being that level of an actor and that level of a star that she just constantly hits it out of the park where it's like, I'm not saying I'm her biggest fan, but it's one of those things where I had to, even though it was like, I think we all were like, Anne Hathaway's annoying or something, but it's like, yes. yeah, she just, she works harder than anyone. <laughs> like, that's right. probably what annoys us all the most. That she's yeah, exactly. Machine, you know? I used to be like, oh, she's like the annoying theater kid, like so lame. And then I was like, well, I was an annoying theater kid. I was enthusiastic about theater. Like, yeah. <laughs> we just all like chose someone to hate and it was yeah. her for a couple of years. Yeah, she was definitely that person who was winning all the acting competitions, and I was not. You yeah, know, like exactly. any problem I'd have with her, I'd be like, eh, I guess I just hate you because you're an Olympian. You know, right. I, <laughs> I was in the chorus, and you were the lead, and mm -hmm. I will resent you forever. Yeah. yeah. So you so, did theater starting out. You were you were you, well, you said UCB. You're a performer. And then, yes, I. Formed at UCB and I did so I literally I like wanted to be an actor from when I was like four yeah and I went to theater camp and I like um very competitive theater camp I'm talking Natalie Portman uh Robert Downey Jr like ton of kids went there who became oh. famous and I only wanted to do musicals but I have a horrible voice and my parents would be like you should try auditioning for a play and I'd be like no mm -hmm. <laughs> So I was like in the chorus, which brought me joy. I liked singing and like dancing and just being part of it. Um, but I never really pursued acting. I like started writing when I was younger and then like writing became the thing I really, like when I was younger, like in high school, I got really into screenwriting and I um, that became the thing I wanted to pursue. So the, and, and, and but because, sorry, now I'm on a tangent here, but. Lee, no, go nuts. I feel like I've been talking okay. too much. I just kind no. of, I feel like we connected and we were like, I was like, oh, we have similar interests. I'm like, oh, that reminds me. And that reminds me. So please, <laughs> don't hold back. You're not talking too much. Okay. Um, it's funny because of what you said about like the women versus the men. And like mm -hmm. now you're in your head about talking too much, and like <laughs> which is breaking the gender stereotype. But um. I, in my 20s, I started like making, in my early 20s, I started when I was at UCB making like short films and sketch videos. This was like when YouTube was sort of booming, like Broad mm. City was a YouTube series and had just right. gotten on TV. And um, a lot of those videos started going viral and had some success and I acted in a lot of them. So sort of just by default of like doing UCB and of acting in my own videos, I sort of got into acting and then, um, when I and then I worked at BuzzFeed for a couple of years and acted in those videos. But once I got Clapper, I was like, okay, great, this is my career. Like writer producer, I'm never going to act again. And then my friends just cast me in this movie, and I was like, sure, I have nothing to do. It's like during quarantine, I'm sitting on my ass, like absolutely doing nothing, um, trying to learn how to bake. So that was really like my reemergence. I was like, oh fuck, like I love acting. It's really fun. Making that movie was so much fun, but it wasn't something I was actively, I was not actively pursuing acting. It just sort of happened. And now I, um, I'm so grateful it did because it was a blast. That's great. And I, it, it, I think it, it's one of those things where I use this analogy a lot where, I don't know if you know that thing where you pinch this like nerve in your hand to get rid of a headache because then your brain thinks about your hand um, rather than your head. I think it's, yeah. I try to do that as much as I can where I'm like, if I'm trying to write anything, jokes, work on, you know, a script or noting something, anything, if I just stared at it too much, I'm like, like I have to think about, I have to just let my mind wander a little bit and then I'll go back. So I, I think if, if you have that thing where you're just like, it's this or bust, it's like you were just looking at it wrong. You, you just yeah. try things, get better other things then then it might come back to you like that's fascinating that it that, you that we're not going for that at all wow it's been my whole career like i started as a journalist i was a reporter for buzzfeed then i got like then i once i started making those videos i moved into producing writing directing then like i was on a late night show i happened to go to morning show because of my journalistic experience and because i had like a sample slash short film that was about sexual assault and like content related to morning show. Huh. But um, so whenever people ask me for advice, I'm like, dude, I don't know, like go do something else, like learn a skill that will make you unique, like become really like an expert at something other than writing. Like, not that I was an expert journalist. I worked, I like 
was not, but um, <laughs> I at least had some background. Um, yeah because I do think it's like, you just have to try things and see what sticks and like do as much as you can. And that's like what my whole career has been. I have, it's so it is hard for me to give advice to people because I'm like, I feel like I've had such a unique, strange trajectory. Sure. Yeah, I mean, but that's the thing. Don't uh, sell yourself short because this show is is meaningless, really, in, a, in that way. You know, like, <laughs> it, just FYI, when people call in, they're not expecting, I mean, I always say like, look, the thing is you basically know the answer. You just want someone else to say it and I get, you know, or, or, or whatever, but, and you're not going to get concrete stuff, but I like having a myriad of different people on here, even though most are creatives, but they're all really different and they all have a different path and it's all mm. incredibly chaotic. It's, it's, yeah. it's nonlinear. I mean, I think. The exception is BJ Novak, who got a job fresh out of Harvard. Right, you know? but right, that's, right. That's like that is literally winning the lottery. He literally won. He he got those Harvard kids, and he's set forever. You know, I mean, who is it? Andy, um, not Richter. Uh, 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 oh, Andy from the Office. What's his name? No, um, um, at home. Andy Kindler. Andy Kindler. Oh, State of the Union. Uh, at, at JFL every year where he just talks, he just talks shit about everybody in the industry. He had this line that destroyed where he was just like, BJ Novak left Harvard and landed in LA and got the office, but for four hours on that plane, he just didn't know. You know how hard that is? He just, you know, cause it, it's that line just didn't know is all of us where it's just yeah. like, I don't know if this is gonna work out. This is the time of year personally where end of the year, I definitely take stock and go, well, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. we'll get them next time. Like for <laughs> right. so many things. You the know, feeling like, never goes away. Like it doesn't never. matter how full you get, like it just never disappears. Mm -hmm. So yeah, just get used to it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I tell people that and I have to tell myself that too, where you know, I have a kid and lately she's been having like brief night terrors where she just wakes up and screams and then goes back mm. to sleep. And it's, oh, it's just, it's like chamomile tea. It really, really <laughs> soothes you. No, you wake up and you're like, oh, okay. All right, she's going down. Okay. And then you go back to sleep and your brain's like, but you know what I thought we should think about? And you're like, fucking God damn it. You go back to REM. You just go back to REM again, please. So, you know, that's the time. It's so hard also like not sleeping just fucks with you so much. I've been sleeping horribly and it like right. is just ruining me. Yeah, I feel like I wake up and I'm like, today was great because it was raining. So I was like, I don't need to get out of bed yet. This is Perfect. okay. It's a gloomy day in LA, mm -hmm. but it's tough. And also with a kid, like you want to protect, I don't have a kid, but I have had a dog and like you want to protect them so desperately that I imagine like waking up and experiencing that and then trying to relax and fall back to sleep. And you're also like thinking about them and it's, Ew, a lot. Yeah, I don't know how single parents do it because I just, my wife and I will be like, what do you think? Like, we'll just confer and neither of us really know, but it's good to just say something out loud to someone and have them echo it back to you and go, all right, we should do this. And then one one of you goes and does it. Like it's, it's incredibly, it's just, I'm so grateful for it. You know, like I had to drive through that, that rain to take Rose to the doctor just for a checkup. Mm -hmm. um, okay. And it turned out to be great because I haven't uh, been able to go. We were only allowed, only one of us gets to go. So the, I used to drive them and just wait in the parking lot and just on FaceTime, just sit there and watch, you know? So it was like, I get, I got to go with her for the first time. Um, Christ ever. Wow. No, I think I'm How old. Is she? I went, God. Yeah. She's, she's 16 months. So I <laughs> Probably, maybe, maybe I went once, I don't remember it, but anyways, do you get uh, holiday anxiety? Do you get the end of the year? I, so my constant all the time. <laughs> I do have a lot of anxiety. I would describe myself as constantly, uh, I'm, I'm an anxious person. I try to work on it. I have my things, but um, yes, I have anxiety. Holidays are a special time of year for me because my entire family is born within two weeks of each other, the two weeks before Christmas. Oh. So there's four, growing up, it was like hell for my parents because four birthdays or really just the two kids' birthdays right before the holidays. Um, and now as an adult, I think I have a lot of anxiety about like 
my birthday, being so close to Christmas, like I never used to want to celebrate it. And like, mm. now it's like, I try to, but it's like, then everyone's going away for the holidays. And then I love, but I, and, and I do have holiday specific anxiety, but I will say for whatever reason, I love Christmas. Like I love the holidays. I, I'm the person who wants to get the tree, like the day after Thanksgiving, like, and wants to watch all the Christmas movies. Um, so I think my anxiety is more like present related, travel related. I have to go back home to see my family. And then it's like yeah. coordinating with my partner about like, okay, when are we gonna see your family? When are, like there's a lot of just like, and you spend so much money. Like, I think those are the things that I hate about the holidays, but I, mm -hmm. I, I'm, give me some snow, a cup of hot cocoa. It's yeah. a wonderful life. I'm very happy. I'm definitely down with that. That's I, I do. I used to get like in, in my early adulthood, kind of depressed over the holidays. Cause I just like, this thing's just another year gone by one step closer to death. And now I'm like, I really do love the holidays, you know, Hanukkah, Christmas, like all the, all the lights and getting together with the family and stuff. But yeah, I'm with you, the logistics, like my wife's family is in Boston and we're going there with a one-year-old and we did, we have traveled a lot with her. So it's kind of not so much down to a science, but what we do is it's my parents' uh, house for Christmas one year, then her, her parents. Oh, that's nice. Year. Yeah. And we'll see how long that lasts. But for the foreseeable future, it's totally worked. And she's super, super psyched because she's going home to her parents this time. Um, and last year <laughs> we were in Portland, it was icy. And, you know, like, not like Oregon winter is so brutal. Or Portland weather is so winter is so brutal because it rains because it's not cold enough to freeze, but it's like freezing rain. And Ooh. then at night that freezes on the streets and becomes sheets of black ice. And it's just not a holiday cheer vibe, even though all the lights are up and everything. And this is the height of the lockdown. So you had all these places being like, we're serving hot mead under this tent and people outside just shit oh, because they wanted to be out. They want to see people so bad. And it's like, this, yeah. is, this is not the Desperation workable. was strong yeah. last winter. Yeah, I know I was in New York City last winter and people were like eating out in like 20 degree weather in tents. I was like, I'm, I'm just, I'm going to get takeout. Like that's, I'm not yeah. going to do this. I, I'm from LA. I cannot tolerate this. I no. like couldn't believe the conditions that people were like accepting. Um, do you and your partner uh, do, what do you do for, do you, do you, are you, do you spend the holidays together? How's it work? We, I mean, we don't really have, like, I, I, things have been so, like, last year we were living in New York at the time, so we did, like, Christmas Eve with his family, and then drove, we, we parents live within driving distance, so, like, we did Christmas Eve with his family, and then we drove Christmas for my family. This year we're doing separate, like, he's going to his family, I'm going to mine, so, I don't know, we don't have, like, a tradition yet. Maybe we'll come up with one, like, in the near future, but it's Pennsylvania and New York, so it's, like, we can sort of oh. do both in one trip, it's not the worst. Yeah, and, um, but I also wanted to comment on what you said earlier about like the end of the year. Cause I do think a lot of people feel this, like the end of the year anxiety of like, I didn't do anything this year. Like I'm a failure or like <laughs> whatever it is. Like I didn't do enough. People are getting like, for me, like I have felt that cause my birthday is also this month. So it's like the year's over and I'm a year older and like, fuck, what have I done uh -huh. in my life? But because there's so many holiday distractions for me. I'm like, you put up some Christmas lights and I'm like, a, I'm like a fly, like attracted to, like, I'm just like, ooh, yeah. yay. Like I, I, no problem in the world exists. Yes. So I think that for me, January is the tough month. For me, oh. January is like okay. the most depressed month of the year of like, I set all these goals, the holidays are over. And now like, this is just it. Like now I have to go do this stuff. I have to make these changes I've committed to, or like mm -hmm. I, I, my sad, my seasonal depression hits in January. Okay. Yeah. I can see that. It is also, I grew up thinking December is the coldest month and it's so not. No, not at all. Yeah. I don't know where January, I got that impression. January. I don't know where that idea came into my head. I think it's because all the holidays and it, it's kind of the, the your, your peak of, of 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 like it's not the peak of winter it's when winter starts like it ends in february basically i don't know yeah so but and yeah march is also deceiving like you think january february suck if you're like a skier like great like just like go be in the snow but like otherwise it's the worst and then march you think it's better you're like it's over 
and then it's still so fucking cold, especially on the East Coast. And, and it's yeah. like the rain, it's like what you're talking about in Portland. It's like, it's too warm for the rain to become snow. So it's just like sloshy and like so everything's dirty. It's just like, uh, yeah, March, I think is also bad. April, I, I can fuck with April. You're turning a corner. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it, it is funny in March though, uh, looking back because the same thing in midwest in the midwest as it was in in uh in the as it is in the east coast that time of year watching all the people pub crawling for saint pat's and being oh like, my god can you just let two more in i'm so <laughs> cold and the you know like the door person's like i there's no chance we're way above the fire code i can't like <laughs> Person doesn't even want to drink anymore. They just want to be where they, they just need to be inside. I'm have not. you have you experienced SantaCon? Yes, SantaCon, if I'm not mistaken, actually someone probably will call me on this. Uh, but it I it might started in Portland. Cause Really? Was, yeah, because it was that that was always a thing when I was a little kid. You'd see these really, really drunk Santas. I remember there were two Santas like I don't think they were actually copulating, but they were like, like <laughs> full on at the very least, like hardcore, hardcore, like so drunk, you think you're alone, but you're, you're, you're sitting on the edge of a fountain. You know? mm, yes. Like, yes. They, they weren't. I mean, looking back as a kid, you're like, oh, they're doing sex. <laughs> they're not. You know? But something nasty is happening. Something nasty. There's a lot of groping and making out and. Uh, I'm, I think one of them is a woman. I don't know. I don't care, but it's like, it was, it was one of those things where it's just like, wait, not that that shattered the image of Santa for me as a kid, but it mm. definitely didn't help with all these really, really drunk people, like just bounding around the downtown area. So like, yeah, anyway, long story long, I hadn't... very familiar. I hadn't thought of it from a kid's point of view of like you go to the mall and you're like that's Santa and you're like oh my god Santa's here like imagine and then walking out and there's like a hundred Santas and they're all like touching each other there's like a woman Santa over the shoulder of a dude Santa uh -huh. like the things that you see in New York are truly foul oh yeah people um, half of them are publicly urinating yes like, absolutely yeah. Yeah. And the other ones are probably like vomiting into a trash can. Yeah. Um, that is probably very traumatizing as a kid. And also yeah. just confusing. You're like, why are there so many Santas? Although it wouldn't make more sense because going around the whole world in one night is hard. Yes. Yes. And you're just like, so Santa's drunk flying is slow. <laughs> <laughs> very concerned. So uh, we have three calls for you. Okay. And uh, for us, I should say. Um, I don't know. They might all be just for you. They might be like, shut up, Bronger. These, these are not, these are for your guests. But, um, but my point is I don't hear them. So okay. uh, yeah, Renee, uh, sifts through them and then, uh, basically plays them. I know we have, we have two audio and then we have one that's written in. So I know what that one is. Uh, and, uh, to just in fairness and I just, you know, full disclosure, but I'll, um, I'll just read that one after the first two, but, um, okay. I have to ask, uh, I do this with every guest. Do you get asked advice in general? Um, I do. I, I, I was just asked relationship advice from a friend and then she said, Dan, we should be a therapist. So I yeah. felt like I did a good job in that yes. case. Um, I would say I get asked relationship advice and career advice. And like I was saying, sometimes with the career advice, I don't know exactly what I can say to be helpful because I do feel like what, how I, how I've achieved what I've achieved in my career is so specific to me, but I do try to give people advice, of course. Um, so I'd say most of my, the advice is regarding those things. Um, sometimes I'm an indecisive person or like, I would say like overthinker. So I really like to think of things from like every point of view. And like, sometimes that can be good or sometimes that can be bad. Mm -hmm. um, it depends with advice. Yeah. But I do think of myself as somebody who friends come to with questions. Yeah. yeah, that's great. That's great. I was just thinking about the randomness of, of, of anything in this business. And, uh, yeah, it's funny that you said it from friends because I was thinking of like, let's like, like pick if you ask anyone who's been very, very, very successful in the business, like, let's just say Jennifer Aniston. Mm -hmm. And you're like, so how would, how should I make it? And she's like, well, let me tell you what I did. If you <laughs> book 
both SNL and the pilot for a sitcom called Friends, you should go with Friends. Thanks, Jennifer. Like it just, it will come down to moment by moment. Some of it will, you know, trampoline you to the next thing. Some of it will be a ditch. You just- And no, you're so right. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no, no. I just say you you have to like, just just take care of yourself and not take any of it too hard in a way, you know? So sorry, go on. That is actually really good advice of not taking it too hard and like beating yourself up about the choices you make. It's so easy to do that. But like, there is the alternate reality where Jennifer Aniston was on SNL and maybe she had an incredible career. Like that could be it. And you know, she, she is so underrated as a comedian. Like she's so funny. Just, Mm -hmm. I think she's the funniest. Um, but it is like, you really can't compare anyone's yeah, the, if you if you're right that like giving advice based on only the choices you made is not the way to give advice because nobody else will be faced with those things. Yes, exactly, exactly. And to your point about uh, about Jennifer, yeah, she's ridiculous. I think anyone who's had that kind of staying power and is like been on a show with that much scrutiny for that long and then can bounce to other things, it's like yeah, there's no way this person isn't talented uh, and skilled to the point of of like a savant. Like yes. there, there, there are people I've worked with that I'm just like, oh yeah, that's why you're always on things. You know, it's like the, the, people don't chance it. People have this idea that it's like, oh, all that's editing. It really isn't. <laughs> there are certain people, no way. And you I think you get to be a, that good. Yeah, and I think you get to a certain level of fame where she was like America's sweetheart, and she's this beautiful uh-huh. woman and dating these guys like Brad Pitt or whatever, and it's just yeah. like, oh, she's just Jennifer Aniston. Like, yeah, she's just super famous, but like, she actually really deserves that because she her yeah. comedic timing is unreal, and she's just so natural. And like, mm-hmm. I think that we don't really think of her as a comedian; we think of her as an actress, uh, mm-hmm. which she is, of course, on morning show. She's great, and she's right. you know in a dramatic role, and she's. Like, I think people are really impressed by her performance. And um, Zendaya got that Emmy, also deserved it. But (laughs) Jennifer Aniston could have, you know, she was up there. Um, But I think, like, she should go down as one of, like, the great comedians. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. Because it's it's like people think of comedians, it's just stand-up. It's like, no, that's what's called a stand-up comedian. (laughs) There's all kinds. There's all kinds, you know? Okay, so that said, uh, I guess let's just roll the first call if you're ready. Sweet. Okay. Yo, Matt Bronger, David Carrasco, Grant oh. High School, 1992. What's up, buddy? <laughs> I need some advice on how do I tell my wife to quit, uh, quit uh, buying Pyrex uh, bowls and shit at the store. I mean, we have a cupboard full and a shelf full of stuff she doesn't even use just sits there so anyways let me know what i could do to, to uh quit the spending on the pyrex thanks bud let me know wow blast from the past <laughs> hey brother who Good is this now. are you guys uh were you guys good friends in high school yeah, we, were, yeah here? We, we weren't the tightest but we definitely yeah i remember him we would definitely like and, and she still we still have i'd say we're still I still see him in town, in town sometimes. He's friends, like really close with other guys I'm closer with. But um, yeah, good dude. Um, <laughs> very specific. I will. Yeah. Uh, I'll let you take this first one because I have my thoughts. But and I don't. The thing is, I don't know his wife. I don't know the relationship. I don't know right. stuff. So it's like there isn't. I wish I had more texture to add. You mm. know what I mean? I'm not like setting you up for a fall to be like, oh yeah, <laughs> piece of shit. And I know what he, how he's his wife or whatever, you know, but most of these calls, there's like no texture. There's no, I've had people call and go, oh, yeah. go my girlfriend and hang up. And I'm just like, okay, <laughs> next call. Like I don't, I need more. So what are, well, what, are your what do you do when your wife has a addiction to Pyrex? Um, I, you know, this is a tricky one. I haven't been faced this question before. Here's what I'm going to say. When I have all my Tupperware bowls, like you lose the lid and then you like don't know where it is. And then you like start using saran wrap over it. And then like, you feel like you need to buy more. And I think we got to start with throwing out all the things that don't have the lids or that like don't have the right, like, you know, like, or 
find them. Like either find mm-hmm. them or throw them out because I bet she keeps buying them because she feels like she doesn't have like the like the right set or like the set yeah. is missing or like there's something wrong with it. So I think you guys need to like do a spring cleaning little holiday edition and like go through and toss out all of the old things that aren't useful anymore. Um, What I would recommend doing is just actually getting rid of everything and just buying one set of glass Tupperware. Hmm. Um, But that seems like not gonna, that seems like it's not gonna happen because it seems like she already has so many that you, why would you throw out if you have some good, good ones too? Um, so, you know, and then another option here is you sit down with her and you say, Hey, I've noticed you've been buying a lot of Pyrex, um, bowls and we don't, we don't need these. And is there something deeper here that you want to discuss? Right. Um, you know, maybe, maybe she just, so I don't know, shopping fulfills something to people. Like it feels like they're achieving something or like, it feels like you're like, doing something important for the household. So I think you just need to be open with her about your feelings towards this, these Pyrex bowls and then throw out all of the ones that um, are mismatched because I, I promise you, you probably have a cabinet full of like lidless bowls. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I'm definitely, uh, you know, in my darkest hour team, buy it instead of look for it, you know? Yes. I've- oh absolutely been that person my 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 wife is ridiculous where she'll just be like I just let's get another one and like especially like with this baby because like she'll just she'll drink out of her milk bottle in the back seat and be like punk and throw it and it'll go under the seat and I, I get home and I take her out and like meanwhile this tube has been making cheese for like three days so I just take oh, God. It. and like that we're all we're both like throw it the fuck away let's get another one, you know, uh, or order some more, but it is, it it definitely is, a. it's kind of wasteful. It's one of those things where I'm sure if my parents were around, my mom or someone would be like, stop, clean that out, boil it, sterilize it. And I'm just like, I don't, don't want to, it's gross. You know, know. it is. It's like, that happened to us when we were buying our Christmas tree. I, my like partner was like, um, oh, let's buy like this, this Christmas tree base thing. And I was like, we have one from last year. And he was like, do you know where it is? And I was like, I'll find yeah. it. And then he was like, I'd rather just spend $12 and get another one. And then we did. Yeah. And then I never found the other one. So yeah. I totally get the buying new things. Um, and, but also if you're over a certain age, like, like, let's say, honestly, it could be 30, could be 35, could be 40, but like you have the thing you're looking for. The thing is in the house, like you've bought it at some point. You have that screwdriver, like that, whatever you need. Um, So I would just like take all of the bowls you have and just like put them out on the kitchen table. Like I would just like make it visible to your wife, Mm -hmm. the amount of these things that you have. Yeah, dude. I think uh, like to the caller, I mean, like you, you should take, you should, you should put like, you know, on the calendar bowl night on Thursday, you know? And like have a glass of wine and just like we're doing it. Take all yeah. those bowls out, line them up. Take the ones you don't need or don't have, you know, a thing to fit and throw them away, give them away, whatever. Um, and go, okay, we don't need any for a while, you know. Or, That's a good idea. Donate them. Yeah, absolutely. And and now now my my mind is going to like a darker place where it says like is she hiding something is this <laughs> i know it's part of her life that gives her intense joy just having these boxes just show up in the mail or it's just like it is as you put it an addiction i don't know but there's a, there might be something deeper or maybe she's trying to distract you from something like she's yeah. just trying to distract you with focusing on these and she's actually yeah. like buying a bunch of other things that tbd yeah yeah dude i think i think you should just well i'd start with uh what ali said just like sit down with her and be like hey what's with the pyrex there's so much (laughs) let's let's work on this so okay hope that helped uh let's roll the next call hey matt uh my name is brad i recently saw you and uh met you at the laughing tap in milwaukee um, I was Thanks. the guy who went on stage and read the tattoo off your butt, and now I'm calling for advice. Thank you. Uh, I'm 31, and I have a two-year-old daughter. I'm a single dad, and I used to perform stand-up, but haven't gone on stage in about eight years. 
Um, now, lots changed since then. Um, do you have any advice for someone who's starting from scratch? Uh, thanks, and I look forward to seeing the show. Uh, this is a great question. Yeah, it, it really is. Uh, first off, Brad, thanks for reading my butt. Uh, that's like my, my closer right now is a big, it's almost like a magic trick. This thing I said before is now tattooed on my, anyway. Um, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to ask any more information because I don't want you to have to give away this closer, but I'm very intrigued. And I'm I know, I wish I could before. tell you it, it's in the, yeah. it's in the, it's in the special I just shot. So I don't want to, you know, blab about what it is, but, um, thanks Brad. Um, just, I mean, off the top of my head, it's just like go back to the open mics for a little while and get your feet back under you and um, also watch as much as you can and you know write down things you say around the house that you find funny or thoughts you have it's kind of that's all I have for you man and 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 don't worry about you know when you when you said it, things are really different they're not there's a lot more access to way more people but it's not really that different people are doing a lot kinds of stuff and it's still people talking about their lives and people doing uh um you know commentary on what's going on in the news and uh people that are doing observational humor and improv and whatever like those are the constants so it's not all that different so don't let that uh intimidate you but it'll be a slog of course so good luck uh what are your thoughts Allie? first of all i want to say to brad like like have some self-compassion because it sounds like you're an incredible person. Like it, you, you get to 30, your early thirties and you're like, it's too late. I'm not going to make it. Like I'm, I think they're over for me, but it's still so young. And you're a single dad with a two-year-old like, fuck. Yeah. Like, fuck mm-hmm. that. You, like you want to go back out there and do stand up? Like that's so, that's so cool. And like inspiring and like be nice to yourself because I think that's awesome. And I think that um, you've clearly like, you know, are, are like are dealing with a lot more than what many other stand up 31 year olds are dealing with who like, you know, are very much still children. Like it seems like you have grown up and like have a lot of responsibilities and like, so I think that's really cool. And I think you're cool. And I think you should be nice to yourself and not worry because it's all going to work out. Um, not a stand up. I've never really been, you know, a stand up. But when I did, when I was thinking about it, when I was like 23 and like, going to some open mics and like being like maybe I'll do this and actually like having a lot of fun someone told me like make a list of 10 things that you would never want anybody to know about you and Mm. then 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 make jokes about them (laughs) Um, but it was it it was uh interesting and it was smart and it was real like it was good advice to me because that is a good place to start like you do have to get really vulnerable and you do have to like be like what are things that I'm you know it doesn't have to be things like you're embarrassed about, but um, obviously you're not going to make jokes about the things that like you really never want any, like if you killed some, like, yeah, I don't know. Like if, if there's some really dark shit, maybe it's off the table, but like it was a really good place for me to start. So yeah. that's one way to do it. That's a great idea. And that's a really good point about not getting down on yourself uh, because of it. Cause it's just such an, an honorable, you know, cool thing. And now you have a kid and that's awesome. And, uh, you know, now you, you definitely have some level of material from that experience. Definitely. You know, I I, I would not go with the knee jerk thing of the, the old, oh, that, that woman or whatever, or like, it's, you know, sucks having a kid. Cause it's like, feel like most people that do that, they don't actually feel that way. They think that's how, you know, drinking people that go see comedy shows that's the kind of stuff they want, but it's like, don't mm-hmm. give people what you think they want. Give them what you like to do. That's it. And I, and I think the, like, I hate my wife, my stupid kid. It's like, unless you have such a specific take on it, like Jim Gaffigan with his like six kids or whatever, like right. really like talk about that. But I think it's like, it's boring and it's like just unlikable. Like, okay, I will, I, now I don't want to laugh at you because like you're shitty dad. <laughs> like, so <laughs> I think it, it, like, yes, having a kid and like being a single dad is so right for material, but right. like do it in a way that is really specific to your experience. Other mm-hmm. people will relate to it. Like the relatability is in the specifics, even yes. though sometimes it feels like you're alone, like you're not. And if you are alone, that's really funny. Like, it's really funny that you're dealing with something that no one else has to yeah. deal with. So 
just be specific. And, and if you are like having a really hard time being a dad, a single dad, like there is a way to talk about that without vilifying your kid or your wife. Yeah. I think. And maybe you love your ex. I mean, maybe you're, you're not, you don't have a wife. I'm sorry. Who no. knows who the, the mother is and like, no. who knows where, you know, she, she, he, uh, yeah. So, so who knows the relationship there, mm-hmm. but yes, I agree that like the, like, Oh, my wife is not, yeah. is not. And like, then really. again, you know, if, if it is that thing where this person was really terrible to you and you, you know, you've, you you felt like, abandoned the kid yeah yeah whatever it's like yeah you should you should aim your humor in the direction of your passion if that's you know if there's genuine rage i can i can see some humor coming to that so like as much as i'm like i shouldn't give advice on material but you know <laughs> what i'm saying dude um so yeah dude but again thanks for reading my butt and thanks for calling in it i know it, it takes some it takes some real sand takes some guts i appreciate it um Okay, we have one more, and it is, uh, it's a lot. Um, I'm looking at it right now, and um, it's very short, but as I, as I uh, said, sometimes people just don't give you enough. And this one, I'm just gonna say, it's not exactly this, but it's kind of like when you look on Facebook and someone's like, um, I'm so angry at someone right now, but I can't tell them, or something like that. And you're like, mm. are you really with that? post sort of like a sub tweet yeah yes so uh this person it uh, okay it's real broad i'll just read it uh how do you forgive completely wow wow what's what's the answer ali uh as brief as you can as brief as you can I'm doing the Matt Lauer. You don't. (laughs) That's my Hillary Clinton. You don't. You don't, Matt. Um, Or you you do an eternal sunshine memory wipe. I Mm. think those are the only two options. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I feel like that's a that's a that's a God thing or a Jesus Christ thing. It's Mm -hmm. you definitely can let things go and work through things and definitely forgive. But it's just that the whole thing of like for complete, I mean, you, you can, I don't know the ABCs and it would depend on the situation and what the transgression was. uh, I think that if you're struggling, okay. So here's me like getting really into it. If you're struggling to forgive completely, I have been in this situation, right? Like with, with when someone wronged me once and I was like, I really want to forgive you. Like I'm trying to forgive you every day, but it's so hard. And I couldn't do it until I accepted that I would not forgive him ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, then I could say, Hey, I'm not going to forgive you completely for this. There's certain things that I find unforgivable, but I accept that they happened. And I accept that. And can you accept that I'm not going to forgive you for them? And then like we can move on because they're in mm-hmm. that acceptance. There's a sense of like, maybe forgiveness here is not what, I mean, <laughs> yeah. like, it, like it, it's not what's going to solve it. And I'm, 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 did this work out? No, we still broke up. But like, I, I will say I was actively trying to like to really work on forgiveness. And yeah. it wasn't until I could admit to myself that actually to me, this was unforgivable. Yeah. And then things could improve. So mm-hmm. like, I think if you can accept that, like I can't forgive you hundred percent, but I can forgive you 90%. And that 10% is still gonna be there and it's gonna come up sometimes. And I'm gonna feel these feelings. Mm-hmm. And instead of running away from them and instead of getting upset that I haven't forgiven you hundred percent, I'm just gonna find that 10% of acceptance and say, like, okay, these feelings are coming up again. That's okay. Like, then this is just my new reality. Mm-hmm. I I think like just try to forgive instead of a hundred percent, just try to forgive like 80% or 90%. Um, because forgiveness is not a one-way street. It requires work on the other person. Like you yeah. can never forgive a hundred percent unless the other person is actively trying to get you to a place of forgiving a hundred percent and you can't control someone else's actions. Yeah. I, I think this person was wronged and wants to let it go, but can't. And it's kind of like, you can't just pummel that out of yourself. 
it it'll go as it goes and you can you can say you know i for it's it's one of those things i think i think here's here's what what would would stick in my craw if if this happened if someone was like will you forgive me and the person was like or or no even better the person said to this person look i forgive you and then the other person went completely and i'd be like you know what fucking no you know cuz it's just it's just like just take it just take it you yeah. know and you have to say that to yourself too. Like, okay, I've forgiven mm-hmm. them. And it's kind of like, completely is just so strong where it's like, you've moved on. Just leave it at that. I think it's the yeah. definition. I think it's like this person saying, so much of this show is CSI, is really kind of just breaking down the kind of emotional, like love, like what peeling the onion and is this the onion? Is it an orange? Uh, and it, it, but it just kind of comes down for me, to, for me, why did this person choose completely? Because it was like, how do you forgive someone? It would be such an easier answer for me. Yeah. Where it's like, completely. Completely is strong. It's so strong. Because it's it's like this assumption, like it's as if it never happened. Like it's as if we can go back to before this happened. And that's just not how life works. And like, there's always going to be that little bit of like memory and Uh, like emotional response in your body that this has happened. So completely is like, it's, uh, yeah, it's hard. It's honestly. It, it's like saying, how do you forgive and forget? It's like, you right. don't forget. You can't make <laughs> yourself forget unless you, you know, like you usually put it, the. Hey, Eternal, Eternal sunshine, mind life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, like, and like, yeah, like you just can't control if you forget. I mean, you can drink a lot. You can try, but I, the I same don't that. It'll come back. It'll come back. I genuinely think if you're like, I will drink this memory out of your head you will lose only memories you want to keep. You know, you will not, that's just how your brain works. You'll just be so drunk crying about the memory that yeah. you are like specifically trying to forget. Yes, oh, 100%. There, there was a guy who I used to work in a restaurant with and like him, he's with this, him and his girlfriend worked together with us and she broke up with him and uh, he was a wreck for a long, long time. And then uh, it was one of those things where if everybody was out, you couldn't mention her because he would just go away in his mind and would like just be like drunk in like a booth by himself and just being like, I just don't understand why she would ruin such a wonderful thing. You know, like, and you're like, huh, well, come back, stop. And I understand we've all felt that. It's, it's, it's easy for me to go, you know, snap out of it. I'm not saying that, but it was like, I think years later, I saw him and a bunch of people together and someone I remember when you were so-and-so and he like got distant. I'm like, it's still going. Oh my God. Yeah, I was like, oh man. Cause it's, it's just, my point is not to say that this guy is weak or whatever, anything like that. My point is just like, some things stay with you. <laughs> like even when you re- try to work through them. Or you whatever. really try to work through them, but they're, yeah. Some people just like really have a hold on you in a way that is so annoying. Like, I, it's just like, Oh. why is this person still taking up power in my brain like i don't i try i like don't think about them i don't want like i don't like them but somehow they like have this little part of my brain that they can just like control and it is extremely frustrating so yeah i totally get that with your friend and like and then from an outside perspective it's like come on dude like whatever this totally. was six years ago like yeah because <laughs> yeah. oh, that is there too where it's like it's been years man like come yeah. on something uh, but yeah, so I, I think we got it, we got down to it, like the completely just, that just it's threw really a wrench into the forgiveness engine for me. The, the completely blew my mind. Honestly, when really I heard it, I was, it really blew my mind. And then oh, like, yeah, same. but you know what, you know, what has another genuine, I feel like I've been very genuine today, but like another earnest response here is, um, meditation. <laughs> Sure. I started meditating and like the idea that you are not your thoughts and that like you are se- like separating yourself from your thoughts has been really helpful for me. And, you know, I think that forgiveness um, is something that you there and like headspace. I think they have like a specific series on forgiveness. I, um, they have like series on a lot of things and I'm pretty sure there's one on forgiveness. So like if, if this person is earnestly really trying, then I would recommend that. Um, and if they're just trying to fuck with us by adding completely to the sentence, then they've succeeded. No, you know, I don't think they are. Uh, they, yeah, they, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess get this vibe. I won't, I won't even get into 
looking at their uh their I looked at their their profile picture Mm. And, uh, they have a protected account, so I didn't look at their things. But like, just as we were talking, I was like, you know, let me do a quick, quick deep dive just, just to get a perspective. And I don't know from like, I didn't get anything off of anything, not even the profile picture, you know, because uh, I didn't feel like the one rule on the show is I never Google anything. But that's mostly okay. people like, hey, how many miles is in a? You're like, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> you know, uh, just like if you if you post like. Um, you know, like if you, 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 when you're posting, you're doing promo like a mad person right now, I'm sure for your movie. Oh yeah. It's a nightmare. Someone will write back and be like, what are the show times in Lancaster, Pennsylvania? You're like, yeah, stop it. Stop. Yeah. Like, I know I get that all the time. I'm coming to so-and-so, so-and-so what times the show end. It's like I, what? <laughs> all the venue. I don't like, know. I yeah, I have no idea. And you can Google this. It's very easy. It's actually easier probably than commenting on my Instagram. So yes. yeah, yeah. And I'm very familiar with Lancaster. I was, you specified Pennsylvania. And I was like, oh, I know what you're, I know what you're talking about. I was there four days ago. Yeah. Wow. I was just there. Yeah. I did there in Wilmington, Delaware and ended in Baltimore. So that was the end of my mm -hmm. run this year. So yeah. But Lancaster's a cute little town. Very it quick. is. It's a lot cuter than I expected. Um, yeah, I, th I thought it was pretty charming. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, then, yeah. If this person is really earnestly, um, you know, asking which it seems like they are, then I'll throw in meditation there. Great. Perfect. So uh, here we are at the point where you plug. So yes. Let's talk so, about the movie for a second. Let's get into that. For sure. Yes. A lot of promo, which is so hard, like on social media. Like I feel Brutal. like my social media over COVID, like I just sort of like detached from it. And now I'm trying to be good at it again and connect to my audience and all that stuff. Or just like be a person. I, I connect to an audience sounds like a little mm -hmm. uh, different than what I'm actually trying to do, sure, <laughs> which sure. is just post. But um, yeah, promoing is really tough. It's hard. Yeah. Um, but it has been a joy, you know, the movie is out now it's streaming on Amazon and iTunes. It's called the end of us and we shot it over COVID. Um, so it was like a year and a half ago now. It's very weird how long it takes for a movie to come out. Um, yeah. but we filmed it a year and a half ago. We had a blast. I made it with a group of friends. We just like shot it with our own money in an Airbnb. Um, and it went to South by premiered at South by in 20 this year, 2021 feels mm -hmm. like five years ago, but it was this yeah. year. Um, and yes, it's about a couple that has broken up and are still living together and sort of, it's sort of an anti-rom-com. It's a rom-com, but it's really ultimately about like how to know when to break up with somebody and moving on and maintaining, um, you know, having, finding a friend and a person you've loved and forgiveness mm. is a big part of it too. So listener, if you want to learn about forgiveness, you can watch our movie. Cool. Right on. Okay, we'll check out the end of us, and uh, keep up with with Ali, Benjiana, and Benjiana. I had a good time uh, on the show. I hope you really did too. Did you? Have I really time? did. I had a great time. Um, I love talking to you and learning about you, and um, you. yeah, it was really fun. So I, I, you know, I've been I've been listening to the show too, and I'm always so um, in, like I think you give great advice even when there's really silly questions like um, you know if your parents are abducted by aliens or whatever. Oh so. shit. Like I wish we get, I wish we'd get more of those. Like we get so many, <laughs> so many more sincere ones than I'd like, if I'm honest, you know, but like, I wish people wouldn't cut themselves off at the knees and be like, Oh, this isn't, this is, this is dumb. But like, I always, the, the earlier inc incarnation of this podcast, I had a, um, it was called advice from a dipshit. And I, uh, we had, um, me and Amanda, who was my co-host at the time, had a guy call in. Listeners are like, I know what you're going to say, but I do say a lot. A dude on acid with his roommate saying, like, there's a, a possum in our attic. Should I put on boxing gloves and go get it? Like, like go chase it with the gloves on. And it just, like, this is such a great one. A, because I'm not going to get to you in time. These things come out two weeks ahead, you know. And B, because, wow, like, I want more weird or crazy or whatever so keep the sincere ones up don't hold back but you know we're trying to collect an archive so just call in yeah so. i hope that listener put on those gloves and went and fought the possum but right. um yes <laughs> I'll, I'll try to think anytime i'm not sure what to do about like an animal in my yard i'm gonna call and leave a message sure yeah or or anything else so 
Anyway, okay. you're, you're awesome. Thanks so much for being on the show. <laughs> Thank you so much. Have a great holiday. You too. Good times. Man, she was awesome. If you need any advice, call in. Leave any message you want as long as you're asking for advice or at least a question. But beyond that, go nuts. Call 323-763-0228. Again, 323-763-0228. And thanks. This Might Help with Matt Bronger was created and hosted by me, Matt Bronger. Produced by Outer Circle Media. Executive producers Matt Kleinschmidt and Robert Kelly for the Laugh Button Podcasts.